Hey everyone, this is Drew Wilmisher, and you're listening to the Wilmisher Music Podcast. W-I-L-M-E-S-H-E-R-R That's how you spell this awesome name, and you say it, Wilmisher. W-I-L-M-E-S-H-E-R-R I'll sing some songs if you sing along while I play this here guitar. W-I-L-M-E-S-H-E-R-R That's how you spell this awesome name and you say it, Wilmisher. On this week's very first episode of the podcast ever, I'm interviewing Lynette Luna. She is a 24-year-old, hard-of-hearing Doctor of Audiology student at Gallaudet University in Washington, D.C. She is a self-described novice diviner, a message seeker, a vocalist, and a music lover. I hope you enjoyed today's conversation as much as I did. In Wilmisher News, I have music available to stream on all your favorite streaming platforms like Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon Music, or anywhere that you can find music that you like. It's also available to buy on Bandcamp.com. You can check Wilmisher.com for all the relevant links. That's W-I-L-M-E-S-H-E-R-R.com. You can also find me on social media. Almost everywhere is some version of at Wilmisher Music. Facebook.com slash Wilmisher Music. Instagram and Twitter are both at Wilmisher Music. TikTok is Wilmisher. Look for me there. Connect. Let me know what you like. Now on to my conversation with Lynette Luna. Hello, hello. Hi, Drew. How are you? I'm doing very well. How are you? I am getting my camera sorted out here. There we are. And, oh, now it's finding me. <laughs> yeah, you're Might coming re- into focus. <laughs> and I recognize me as a person yet, which happens. You know, I get that a lot. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> um, how are you? I'm doing good. Um, I finished up two of my summer classes like yesterday and today. So feeling good for a long weekend. <laughs> good. Yeah, I was about to say this is the end of the semester, isn't it? Um, not Almost. for me. Not for so, you. So because I'm um I'm in an accelerated doctoral program. Oh okay. so we just keep going. All That's, year, there isn't really a break. <laughs> it's like real world, you know? It's like, you don't stop working, you just keep going. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to it. That's awesome. How long have you been in this program? What year are you? Yeah, so I am a rising second year. So I had started in June of 2021. So coming up on that one year landmark. Producing. Oh, my gosh. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and you're at uh, Gallaudet University. Did I say that right? Uh, yes, it's Gallaudet University. Gall- Gallaudet. <laughs> awesome. And that's in D.C., right? Yes. Okay, so you've been in D.C. for a year. Yes, very weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, where are you from originally? Yeah, I am from Florida, born and raised. Grew up in like a small town by the beach. <laughs> Which one? Um, so I grew up in Grant, but we live right by the Causeway. So okay. right over by Melbourne Beach. Gotcha. Okay. So I, I grew up a little bit. Uh, five, ages 5 to 11, I was in Panama City. 
Um, oh. Not Panama City Beach, you know, which I feel like is only a thing Floridians understand the distinction about, you know, when you say the city, <laughs> yeah. not the beach. Okay, so you grew up near, uh, in the city of Grant, near Melbourne Beach. Uh, yes. And then you moved to Washington, D.C. Yeah, so there's a few steps in there. So Gotcha. Okay, fill me in. No, no problem. So I was born in Vera Beach, Florida, and we lived there for a few years. And then we moved to Grant, which is like my childhood home, the home I remember, and lived there all the way up until I was 19, 20, uh, lived there until I was 20. So I finished high school in 2016 at Heritage High School in my hometown. And then I like completed my AA, like at the local community college, um, Brevard Community College, now known as Eastern Florida State College, you know. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I moved to Orlando to pursue my bachelor's in communication sciences and disorders at the University of Central Florida. Yeah, that was Very super cool. fun. Yeah. <laughs> It was a little crazy. It was a very different experience for me than when I was like, than from where I grew up. And it took a lot of like growing up, but I somehow as a crazy person finished my whole bachelor's degree in the span of a year from Whoa. January. Yeah, it was, I don't Whoa. know who I was, honestly. <laughs> 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 I only laughed that hard because I had the opposite experience. I spent uh, eight years completing my undergrad. Uh, I was in college longer than dubstep was a thing. Uh, so the idea of finishing, starting and finishing a whole degree in a year, that's a, okay. So I am now in awe. So I will be, uh, uh, continue please while I process that information. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know. I, I kind of, I will say, I have a hard time giving myself credit, but I do say that, like, I've known the path that I've wanted to go for a while. So I have that advantage of, like, knowing all the steps I need to take place. So I finished, like, kind of like the prereqs for it. So that way, it, that kind of helps speed, speed it along. But I started in January of 2019 and graduated December of 2020 with my Bachelor of Arts in Communication Sciences and Disorders. Wow. And then immediately applied to grad school, um, applied to Gallaudet and the University of Florida. I had two options for myself and I got waitlisted for Gallaudet, but eventually ended up getting in. And here we are, I've lived in DC for a year now. and. We're just trucking along over here. <laughs> you really are. That's a that's amazing. So you finished. Uh, you started and finished at the beginning and middle of the pandemic. Oh yeah, that was so, insane. <laughs> I feel like that explains a little bit of how you were able to finish. So there was nothing else to do. I mean, I was also working full time, so I had other things to do. I'm just. I've just had my eyes set on the prize, I think. <laughs> really? You did? You did? Because to, okay, so you're working a full-time job, which is, you know, how many hours a week? You know, 30 plus, 40? Yeah, I was working 30 hours a week at a restaurant. I, oh, my gosh. 
Oh my God, bless you. You know, the fact that you're sitting upright is miraculous. That's amazing. <laughs> okay, so you were just, so you didn't sleep, I guess. Yeah, I guess. I think that's where I made up for most of my time. Just no sleep. <laughs> <laughs> you're like all nighter, try staying up for a whole year, amateurs. Um, yeah, basically. <laughs> that is amazing. Okay, so you knew you you had your you said you had your eyes on the prize. You knew what you were doing, where you were going. Uh, where exactly uh, was that? Where did you feel like, all right, this is where I'm headed, and this is nothing's going to stand in my way. Nothing's going to distract me. Well, I grew up in a very interesting household. So my mother is from England, like an immigrated from England. And my dad is from Panama. Um, and he immigrated into Florida too. They actually met on a blind date in Florida, but they have the cutest story ever. <laughs> That's awesome. Yes. Okay. okay. What, what's their story? Because I have to know. Okay, this is like, why I've been like set up for unrealistic expectations of love for my entire life. So, yeah, I love that. <laughs> yeah, so my parents, um, so my dad had moved to the United States to just like get some work. He moved here not really knowing any English, just he used to work in like the Florida Everglades and did like the grove work, like, you know, chopping down trees, a lot of like manual labor kind of stuff. And then my mom, she had just turned like 19, trying to figure out what she wanted to do with her life. Back then, it was kind of like you didn't really have to go to college. You kind of just figure out what you're doing. So at the same time that my dad was in Florida, in Vero Beach, with his living like with his sister, my mother was on her way to the United States to figure out what she wanted to do with her life to meet her uncle that also lived in Vero Beach. So here's where things get really crazy. Okay, so my mother's uncle and then my dad's sister, they like knew each other. They had like worked in the same company. And so my dad's sister was like, oh, you know, like, I hear that your, your niece is in town, you know, I need my brother to like stay out of trouble. I need him to have some fun to do. Let's put them on a blind date. And then they were like, yeah, sure. So they set them up on a blind date. They went and they saw the movie Gremlins in theaters. And they went and they delivered newspapers, which was my dad's like side hustle in his like firebird that he built from the ground up. Like they just like had like a cool little date. And on the date, my dad was like speeding on the like Sebastian Causeway and they got um, pulled over. And the police officer looked over at my mom, who was in the passenger seat and was like, is this your boyfriend? And then she was like, it's our first date. And he was like, you should really think about a second one. <laughs> <laughs> and so <laughs> my mom agreed to a second date. <laughs> and they dated for a few months. And my mother's visa ended up expiring. So she had to go back to England. And my dad sent her a plane ticket as a marriage proposal to come back. And They've been married ever since. <laughs> oh my gosh, you stand no chance. That's amazing. <laughs> of course. Yeah, that would absolutely wreck 
Cockney perspective. Uh, oh, yeah. An intercontinental uh, beachside romance, which inarguably one of the best decades for pop culture, which is just, that's the only thing you're absorbing when you're dating. You know, that's exactly. what you talk about. So you've got so much to talk about. He's got a cool car. Uh, and then <laughs> a brush with danger. But then, uh, the, I mean, it's almost unfair that he had the opportunity to send her a plane ticket as a proposal. Like, exactly. <laughs> like, that's, it. okay, and I'm picturing, you know, she's from England, he's from Panama. Uh, you know, and so I'm, I'm imagining their accents, you know, meeting each other in the backdrop of a, a Florida beach town. Oh yeah, and like my that. dad barely speaks like fluent English, and so my mom's like just trying to understand, but they still hit it off. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> that's incredible. Oh, oh my gosh, that's so cool. Okay, so uh, you just need to, um, you know, find. You need to date internationally, is what you need to do. So funny uh, enough, my current boyfriend, I met him on a blind date and we're doing very well. <laughs> wait, how, how long? How long have y'all been dating? Uh, we'll be dating two years in July. Whoa, that's awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. I think he likes me. Um, you know, we, I found out I got into guy debt and his first response was, well, I guess we're going to DC. So he dropped everything to come up here with me. So he's very supportive. That's awesome. Oh, that's fantastic. Okay, so you have, uh, you're doing great relationship wise. Your parents didn't wreck you too bad there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so how did, how did that influence uh, sort of your decision to pursue what you're pursuing? Yes, back to that. I, there's so many side roads to go down. I know, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> but so yeah, my parents, um, coming here from different countries they didn't really have much to like to like family like they had to build everything for themselves my parents like they we grew up kind of in poverty but you know they always made it work we always had meals on the table I always had everything that I needed to succeed and my parents always pushed me to like follow my dreams and like do what I need to do but at the same time go to college get a good job and make sure you have the means to support yourself and have a good life. And so growing up, I was always with this mentality of like, you do well in school, and then you, you take every experience and you learn from that. And then all of these like pieces of your life will come together and take you where you need to be, because things will work out how they're supposed to. And so a little bit rewind. When I was in kindergarten, they found out that I have single-sided deafness. So I am completely deaf in my left ear, but normal hearing in my right ear. And so I grew up seeing an audiologist who is amazing. Shout out Dr. Maya Sweeney in Melbourne. She is actually my first internship preceptor in the summer coming up, which is like, it all comes full circle. No way. Yeah. but The audiologist <laughs> that you saw growing up, it, you're now going to work with. Yeah. That's amazing. Okay. Very cool. Yes. And she basically like inspired me to like 
pursue a career to like help people and be there for people. And like, she was so kind to me. And I was like, I think I can do that. And so I've known what I wanted to do. So I got all the things I needed to get done. I knew exactly the degree path that I needed to take, which is why I finished my bachelor so fast. Like I was just so interested in everything. So it was no problem for me to take like 18 to 20 credits like per like semester because I was just like, give me all the information I can have. And it's been crazy and I'm so like proud of myself and you should be it's been a really cool thing (laughs) that is amazing that what a what a gift um to to know exactly where you're going which I feel like it's such a rarity I existed this way for a long time like I was never interested in anything that was more than like six inches outside of my body um Mm -hmm. so so to think about what I was going to be doing tomorrow was just such a foreign concept to me Um, So I'm very impressed and very, uh, I mean, I'm just very happy for you that you were able to uh, pursue that so quickly, um, you know, because you were so laser focused and interested. Like, that's the other amazing part is you didn't get halfway through it and go, oh, this isn't what I want, you know. Um, So that's that's incredible, too, that not only were you interested at the beginning, you remained interested the entire time. Yeah, it's been such an interesting experience because I grew up doing music. So music was like a huge part of my life. Like I remember when I was very young in elementary school, like my music teacher taking me aside and like teaching me how to sing. Uh, Rest in peace, Mr. Fredrickson. Love you so much. But he like literally like taught me how to sing and that like also built up like a good foundation for me because in my undergraduate at Eastern Florida State College I actually had a full music scholarship for vocal performance and so like that was like always something that I've really loved but it's so interesting that that never took place of like my other career path but like more of like a simultaneous love in pathway. It sounds to me like nothing has ever held you back. Like you, you have remained so determined. I mean, I, I guess you could say that I've never really like wavered on what I thought. I mean, when I was younger, I really loved sharks and I was like, I'm going to be a marine biologist. But then like, you know, you grow out of things like that. But yeah, it's been so, it's such a crazy experience. Like you said, with people who don't really know what they want to do. But like audiology has always just been such a clear path for me. And I'm so lucky that I like even in this accelerated program that I'm in, it is very difficult. Like it is lots of work, lots of time. But even when I'm exhausted and going to school every single day, like many hours of the day, I still love it on the days I hate it, if that makes sense. Totally. Like there's a lot that you're willing to put up with to keep yes. doing it. Yeah, absolutely. I know one of the things that I have to do uh, in order to to continue making music, you know, I, I play that guitar, maybe 8% of my career. <laughs> <laughs> but so it's, it's going to show up in a lot of pictures, you know, it's going to mm-hmm. be a part of, you know, a lot of the videos that I put out. Um, but everything else I do so that I can enjoy that 8%. You know, like that 8% is so worth it to me that I'm, I am I love to do everything else in addition to that. Um, 
I, I'm fascinated by the idea of you being a, a singer, learning music, growing up with mm -hmm. music. At the same time, you're studying audiology. You're going to an audiologist. You are like uh, you're basically the pit crew and the driver for the car. You know, like you know how to drive <laughs> the car, but you also know how to take the engine apart and put it back together. <laughs> it's so crazy because like. I feel like I have such an incredibly unique perspective going into audiology as like a musician as well as somebody with single-sided deafness. Like I really, really want to in my future work with like musicians with hearing loss because like the perceptual consequences of hearing loss are detrimental to people who love music because we have that specifically tuned ear that tells us like, okay, this is the pitch that sounds right and this is the pitch that doesn't. And being able to translate that into technology is not a super common thing right now. Mm. And so like specifically, there's like a few companies that like are, that's their aim of trying to make like hearing aids for musicians or like things that like help with that. And so like, I just... I love all the things that I can bring to the table and kind of throw in there to like help me understand things as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's, uh, and I, I too am very interested in, uh, I think not enough people like pay attention to audiology in particular, uh, if only because um, it's, it seems specialized, but it also, it's one of the five senses, you know, like it's, it's one of the ways that we take in the world. Like we absolutely should take care of our hearing. I have pushed, you know, for the last 15 years for everyone I meet to invest every musician I've ever met to invest in in-ear monitors, um, little, you know, the little earbuds that fit the canal of your ear mm -hmm. so that you can protect your hearing as long as possible. Um, I've worked in a number of churches and everyone I've worked with, I'm like, the, we need to at least get a set of earbuds for the drummer, um, if no one else, <laughs> because yes, the always drum, the drummer, <laughs> the drummer is the most at risk because they've got the loudest instrument. Um, and it's so consistent too. like, it's not just that they're loud, it's that it's the same pitch. You know mm -hmm. that they're there they can only hit five instruments at a time and you can only make so many sounds with those instruments um so if your snare drum is ringing out at like you know 35,000 or 33.5 thousand hertz you know kilohertz um then eventually that frequency is gonna dull you know for that drummer <laughs> That frequency. I could talk to you all day about this. Oh, I've... all day long. <laughs> <laughs> um, and what? I, but what's so interesting now too is I'm noticing uh, newer technologies coming out, like um, the bone transducers, uh, the headphones that fit like just behind your ear or along the jawbone, and yeah. actually send the the audio through your skull. <laughs> basically <laughs> yeah those are super cool we actually had um tim wright one of the nfl players he used to be in the nfl he came to gallaudet to talk to us about like a bone conduction headphone that he like was putting out and it was really cool he let me try it it is it is really interesting because what it does like you said it sends like those vibrations through your skull but it sends it to like directly to your hearing organ bypassing that outer and middle ear just straight to like that inner ear 
And because I have the single sided deafness, it all goes to this side. But it, it like, it is such like an interesting like feeling and like, like sound quality. I think it's so cool. I think it's a good like, it's a good invention. <laughs> yeah, that sounds amazing. It sounds amazing. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I, I, for people who haven't experienced this, I have to imagine because I also haven't experienced this, but I've heard it described as like the difference between listening to somebody through uh, like a telephone versus listening to something underwater. Uh, yeah. like the way that the sound travels through the air is just so different from uh, like bo- flesh and bone and blood, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it is kind of like that, like hearing it like through like a telephone, kind of what you described is probably the most accurate. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing that I've really enjoyed lately, my dad um, is getting along in years. And so he is enjoying um, using earbuds more often than not. Mm-hmm. Um, and he really enjoys uh, the the wireless ones that allow you to use your phone basically as the hearing aid. And so when we get together, mm. we now like to just pass around the phone while we're talking. And so we've got the microphone directly in front of me. And he's like, this is even better than when my hearing was a hundred percent. Oh yeah. That is like such an incredible feature. I love that so much because basically like it's the same thing as having like a hearing aid and then a remote microphone that the audiologist would give you. It's basically just like improving your signal to noise ratio, which is like proven to help you with speech understanding. And it's just so accessible. Like the price of hearing aids and insurance won't cover it. That is, that is probably like, if I were to say there's anything that I don't like about audiology, it's the fact that insurance companies won't pay for hearing aids and that hearing aids are unfortunately not accessible to a lot of the population that needs them and so like I love that you can just go get a pair of airpods and then just use like an iphone to like offer that kind of communication assistance to people that's just amazing oh yeah I and to speak a bit to the hearing aid accessibility issue um I remember I had a roommate in college who was uh mostly deaf um he had you know a small percentage of hearing in both ears but it was never very high and so eventually he got cochlear implants um which were just a night and day difference for him um, I do remember once he loved listening to country music television. He would watch CMT all day long while he yeah. was studying. And uh, the first day that he had his cochlear implants, the first day he had his cochlear implants, he couldn't hear anything over the ticking of the clock, <laughs> for one thing, because he had oh. his brain was learning how to filter yeah. out background noise. And he was like, what is that knocking? And can we please? And the next day, the clock was in the backyard. Um, but he turned on CMT and he was listening to it and he goes, Oh no, this isn't good. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, hey, just give it a minute, buddy. You know, <laughs> you're still learning how to listen to it. And he's like, no, I just don't think it's good. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to I'll have to send it to you, Drew. But um yesterday, uh one of the audiology accounts I follow, they had posted like a prolonged cochlear implant simulation, which is very interesting because most of the ones we have right now are just like little snippets. Yeah. Like you can hear like maybe a few words, but this one was like a woman like telling like a story. And so like it had like 
what like it would sound like through like the porosity of speech and stuff like that. And I'll have to send it to you because it yes, sounds please. like it sounds like a robot. Yeah. That's oh, what... I bet. Mm-hmm. So he probably hated that country music through <laughs> robot voice. <laughs> I can imagine. I can imagine that it did not translate very well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he had so because he had some hearing growing up, he had hearing aids um, mm-hmm. and he had bunches of them from when he was a little kid and you know as you grew he got new ones and we as a campus ministry went to Nicaragua uh, for spring break one year to just to be with the community Um, we didn't do like traditional missions projects where we go build something um, Mm -hmm. because we none of us were builders and we weren't very confident that it would whatever we built would last (laughs) So we were like, <laughs> let's just go make some relationships. Let's just go meet some people um, yeah. and and do what we can. And so we met this, uh, the small village of uh, little children who had, you know, um, hearing issues. Mm-hmm. That makes it sound like it was a village of children with hearing issues. There were some kids in this village that had hearing issues. Yeah. And uh, our friend's mom, Kyle's mom, um, the kid with cochlear implants, uh, was with us. And she said, oh, wait a minute. We've got dozens of hearing aids back at our house. We could send them to you. And so she oh. had them sterilized and cleaned up and then sent them down there. And uh, the community you know, later let us know it was like, this is a huge blessing to us because our kids kids are hearing stuff for the first time, you know, like the kids who can use them are, have never had this before. So thank you so much. Um, That's amazing. (laughs) Yeah, it was, it was really nice. And we tried to figure out like, how can we keep that going? Like, how can we uh, keep the access open? So this isn't just a a one-time event. Um, And I'm not Mm -hmm. really sure uh, what happened with that. I'll have to investigate and see if that's still going or not. Yeah, I'm not sure if I'm jumping the gun a bit, but you sent me something about like a charity that I would like to promote. Oh, absolutely. Well, there is an organization called Deaf Defy, and they do exactly what you were just like alluding to. Like they go over to foreign countries and they provide language acquisition, like audiologists, interpreters, and give services to deaf children in other countries. And they like provide counseling, hearing aids, all things like that. And one of my professors, Dr. Sarah Sparks, and one of my classmates, Sana Altamimi, are part of that organization. And I'm pretty sure they're going this summer, if not sometime this year over there. And that's like an amazing thing. That just reminded me when you said that. <laughs> yeah, that sounds incredible. Okay, well, I will uh, look deaf defy. Yes, like D E A F and then D E F Y. Okay. I will uh, look them up and put them in the show notes um, so that other people can uh, give to this as well. Um, I will be sure to make a donation as well. Oh, that's amazing. Shout out to (laughs) Senna and Dr. Sparks. (laughs) Yes, that's awesome. Well, we have come to a part of the show. Um, I don't have a name for it yet, uh, but I am borrowing heavily from some other shows that I enjoy. But uh, these are just some questions that kind of tap into sort of the creative energy 
Um, I am yeah. a songwriter, and so I like to do a lot of writing exercises, creative writing and the like. Um, so one of the questions I like to ask people is like, what's a sense memory from childhood that you have? Um, smell, taste, you know, anything that just you see, feel, hear it, smell it, taste it, and it just brings you back to that moment. Yeah, so I guess probably the most vivid one I have, because I have a lot of these like here and there, but um, specifically the smell of like, like exploded fireworks and also the song The Remedy by Jason Mraz. <laughs> nice when I was oh, such a good song yeah when I was younger my cousins that live in Missouri they would go over to like their friends like like farm I guess when on like the 4th of July and they would have like this huge firework display and it would be like set to music and the beginning of like the beginning of the day my dad and like a bunch of like um like our family just like were like blowing up a bunch of like firecrackers so like it had like this smoky like in the air and then like the second it got dark like they like turned off like the floodlights of like the like field and it, the firework show started to the like song of um like the remedy by Jason Mraz because he says like he's like well I saw fireworks from the freeway and like just the beginning like guitar of that like makes me almost want to cry like it makes me like so like emotional and like so happy that was such a good memory for me <laughs> i love that that and that's too like you know smell is such a strong sense memory um you know sen a sense that's tied very closely to memory as well as music which is uh just triggers a lot of different um, emotions when you hear it, but to have something so uniquely tied, you know, that every, you heard that song every time that there were fireworks actually going off. Um, it, that's so funny because uh, as a songwriter, that's kind of what you hope for. Like you're trying to engage as many senses as you can mm -hmm. through something that's very much only audible. <laughs> You know, <laughs> unless you're sitting there reading the music at the same time, but mm -hmm. you're you want to invoke all of those kinds of senses. And so to have someone take it very literally and say, all right, you're singing about fireworks. We're setting off fireworks. Um, <laughs> that's so cool. I, and the, what you, that is a very unique smell. There is nothing else that smells like that magnesium uh, burn, you know, gunpowder burn. Uh, smell that you get from yeah, fireworks because <laughs> it's not exactly like a candle not exactly like a no. fire like it's just it's that own thing it's like almost like when I when I smell it I like hear the song but yeah. when I like hear the song it's like I almost smell it it's so interesting <laughs> yeah that's awesome and and gosh that's that's a moment too uh being a little kid uh, out on a farm with, you know, all this wide open space, like that is the definition of like, you know, carefree childhood freedom. Um, oh yeah. I was, I did not have a care in the world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then of course, fireworks are just, it's explosions in the sky, which is very exciting, you know, as, as fireworks, it's an enjoyable experience because <laughs> it's oh, so yeah. dramatic. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh, that's very cool. That's a lot better than, I feel like that's better than the one that I'd been thinking of. Um, I was, <laughs> it's springtime, right? And we're here in the South. We have this thing called honeysuckle. I don't know. Mm -hmm. uh, so when I was growing up as a kid, uh, we would go to Mississippi um, during the summer to visit my dad's parents. And um, they had honeysuckle in the backyard. At the same time, uh, my grandmother uh, was a heavy chain smoker. And so she, the cigarette smell was just there. And so there's this unique smell memory that I have from like cigarette smoke and honeysuckle together. You know, it's like two things that you wouldn't think would go together. Um, nor would you think that it would be a positive association, but it is, you know, it's, oh, yeah. <laughs> I, again, I'm, you know, I smell, I, I, it doesn't happen that often now that I walk someplace where I happen upon cigarette smoke. But when it happens, I'm usually like, oh, I'm eight years old and everything's perfect again. Um, which kind of sounds like this is an advertisement for smoking. Don't smoke, <laughs> uh, kids. Just Do it's not, not smoke cigarettes. <laughs> it's not good. But <laughs> that is um, kind of cool that you have like that just like little positive association with cigarette smoke though because I, I feel like that's pretty common so you could just walk by someone smoking and get a little bit of serotonin it's it is nice um the it, the, <laughs> the double-edged sword of that is that i was also uh wildly allergic to cigarette smoke which i didn't realize oh, um, no. and it wasn't just cigarettes like it was tobacco i was allergic to tobacco which meant that i never oh, had a chance to that was not a habit i was ever going to get into <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I do. I remember also having a lot of um, sinus issues around it, but we we never figured that out until much later <laughs> that that was the correlation. <laughs> um, all, all I remember now is just being a kid at uh, you know grandma and grandpapa's house, running in the backyard, having a blast. Oh, that's um, such a good memory. I like it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what's something in the past few weeks that you feel like has made you just really belly laugh? So this is like kind of like a really nerdy thing, I guess. I love but, it. Um, so, and I'm saying this not as a doctor. I do not have a license. I am not. This is just my opinion as a student. Well, um, we learned about these things called middle ear implants and they're like, interesting technology wise but not very practical from like a recommendation standpoint okay if you're curious ask your audiologist i'm just a student but <laughs> um like there was a moment where we were like basically just talking about them like discussing them like when would you recommend this for like a patient versus like like, how does it work like if a client were to come up to you and ask you well how does this work how would you describe it to them and so we, my professor pulls up like one of the pages for one of the middle ear plants we were discussing. And she's like, I don't really have a lot of like words to say about this, but I also don't have like, this was also kind of hard to find. So it, this is just the material I have. Well, it's like, it's on like this really weird like website. It's like almost like a form, right? And then she pulls up the video and it's completely in Spanish. And that was just like, it was like 7 p.m. on like a Tuesday. I was just tired. And we all started laughing so hard because it's <laughs> like 
this really sketchy device that like probably won't give you any benefit and then the only resource that they have to explain how it works is just like aggressively in Spanish like (laughs) like (laughs) like you know when you go to Disney World and like they're like welcome to Disney World like on the tram and they're like we hope you have a magical day and then immediately after that they're like bienvenidos a la Disney World and it's like really like in your face it was exactly like that and it was just too much <laughs> and it's always a like a deep masculine voice yes it's just right <laughs> up on the microphone bienvenidos and you're like okay Telemundo thank you I appreciate the announcer voice uh you know that's it's the same guy who probably does like dramatic movie trailers for yes Spanish speaking movie markets and he oh. also does videos for middle ear plants as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that is really funny. You're you're already not sure about this device, and the, like the representative for the company shows up, and they're opening up like a trench coat, and they've got just their pockets are filled with it. You're like, do you want some? I've got some really yeah. nice ones here. That's hilarious. That's yeah. That and to. <laughs> I love I love stuff that happens when you're really tired too. Like the stuff that wouldn't be that funny. I remember once we were um, I was traveling with a group in India. Um, I just I graduated from seminary in 2016, and one of the things that we did before we graduated, uh, a class of ours went to India, and we we were there for two weeks. But we landed and like at in the morning at five in the morning, it just immediately got started. So we had been in the air for 28 hours, and then. Oh, man. Started Started moving and we were like i don't know what's happening i'm jet lagged i'm a little dehydrated because i didn't buy enough water um you know and so we're driving along and i noticed um that you know the cows everywhere and there was one cow that had just kind of parked itself on the front steps of someone's house but like facing towards the door as if they had knocked and they were waiting for someone to open. And as we were driving by, I remember just going "Oh, milk's here and everyone died (laughs) laughing. And I was like, that was a a C plus joke at best, (laughs) but thank you. (laughs) No, that's a really good joke. I'm I'm personally a fan of cow jokes. So any cow joke I'll take. (laughs) I do. I I will say uh, the most recent belly laugh that I had was actually this morning. I was listening to uh, the Mike Birbiglia podcast, Working It Out. Mm. And he was interviewing uh, the actress and comedian Hannah Einbinder, who has a show on HBO Max called Hacks. And mm-hmm. she is hysterical just on her own. Um, but then you're talking, it's two comedians talking comedy. So it was, it's a funny podcast, but um, they got to talking about having these lucid dreams, basically, you know, where they wake up and they're like, that was just a one act play of symbolism. <laughs> like, <laughs> like everything was not what it was. <laughs> you know, I'm waking up and I was like, I had a dream that I was late for the bus. But then as it pulled away, I realized that the bus was my dad's pants. <laughs> <laughs> And at that moment, at that point, I started laughing so hard that it caused me to have a coughing fit so hard that I I was driving a car and I could feel, I could see my vision was like shrinking because I wasn't getting (laughs) enough oxygen in. Like I was just coughing that hard and I was like, oh, I need to stop. Like maybe listening to comedy podcasts and driving is not safe. I, it wasn't, 
And my wife actually recommended that I put a warning at the beginning of this podcast. Do not operate heavy machinery. Um, (laughs) It's like something I could have appreciated the beginning of that one. Uh, No, I, (laughs) I just uh, got out of quarantine, uh, COVID quarantine a few days ago. And Mm. so I, I'm ne- I've been negative all week, but I'm still, the cough is the last thing to go. <laughs> so mm-hmm. <laughs> it, what probably would have been a normal laugh usually became a life-threatening laugh today. Um, oh yeah. Once you get a little bit of wheeze in there, it's over. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like, that's why I can't watch. Um, it's the podcast with, I always mispronounce his name. It's called Two Bears, One Cave with Bert Kreischer. Kreischer, yes. Yeah, Kreischer. And um, I, I always I forget his name. I didn't know he had a podcast, but that sounds fascinating. And I will. He has a podcast that. with another man, and he's also a comedian. And I don't know why I'm blanking on his name because I know exactly who he is. I'm going to search it because it's going to bother me. Tom Segura. Yes, literally the funniest, Bert Kreischer. probably the funniest like podcast I've ever listened to. Like the one that probably the hardest like I've ever laughed in my life was there's a podcast episode where Bert is talking like he's like just talking and then like he like takes like this huge like hydro flask or whatever and just takes like a sip of it and it's completely filled with like Kool-Aid and for some <laughs> like it, like for some reason that gets Tom Segura so hard and like they're like wheezing laughing like crying and like, he's like he's like people are thinking you're just like being hydrated with water but it's completely filled with Kool-Aid and that was so funny I was like <laughs> about to die laughing <laughs> But that is funny because who, I mean, Kool-Aid is not, I I don't think it's a 64 ounce drink. It really isn't, especially with the amount of sugar that's in that. Like, that's so bad, but it was just so funny because then they like, they're laughing so hard. Like they're literally turning red and just crying. And you can hear like the people like producing this show laughing about it too. That's and like, just when the laughing dies down, he goes, I drink two of these a day. And it just <laughs> starts right back. If you thought that was funny, it's actually twice as funny. <laughs> That's they're turning, they're turning red. They're literally, they're turning into the Kool-Aid man. Exactly. Before your eyes. Yes. <laughs> the transformation <laughs> is complete. <laughs> now they only enter rooms circle. through the wall. Yes, just straight through. Given up on doors completely. (laughs) That's hysterical. I will definitely have to listen to that. Burt Kreischer is one of my favorite comedians. The moment that I heard uh, his story about being in Russia. and The machine. machine. I'm the machine. (laughs) I had to pause because I was going to laugh through the rest of the special. If I didn't, oh, no. I was going to, I was going to miss the rest of the comedy. <laughs> it's, like, it's just his delivery, everything. That is so funny. He does. And he, his delivery, the way that he is reminds me so much too of my brother. Um, oh, true. You know, like <laughs> that's, he's the, 
the nicest guy ever. And he, that, but that's his, he has a huge personality and just enters the room like that. Um, and so watching that too, it's like a little nostalgic. Cause I'm like, yeah, it's like hanging out with my brother. I should give him a call, you know? <laughs> yeah. Right. And then laugh some more. <laughs> that's right. Bert Kreischer bringing families together. Exactly. <laughs> The, the charity that you are promoting today is Deaf Defy? Yes, deafdefy.org. Deafdefy.org. D-E-A-F-D-E-F-Y dot O-R-G. Yes. Fantastic. I will put that in the show notes and we will, Wilma Sure will make a donation to deafdefy.org and continue increasing access to hearing uh, hearing aids and hearing supplements. Yep, all kinds of hearing services. All, ki- all kinds of hearing services, not just devices, but people. Yes. Actual humans on the ground. You mentioned counseling services and the like. Yes, counseling service, hearing tests hearing aids like language acquisition services so like children who have like gone with their hearing loss for a while that have not developed spoken language which is like a part of their goals they go and they try and help them like rebuild that process that's amazing and just tremendous because i feel like correct me if i'm wrong but like one whole hemisphere of the brain is dedicated towards language is it not oh yeah it's your left side see so you developing literally at least half of a person that's amazing like that yeah (laughs) (laughs) you say that as if you could but probably shouldn't (laughs) well i think i'd say that yeah no i mean i it's pretty accurate there's so much that goes into language like development and acquisition it's definitely attributed to your whole brain but left side we can go with that okay well (laughs) for today's episode we will dedicate it to the left side of the brain and the next time we will dedicate it to the right side today's (laughs) episode brought to you by the left hemisphere (laughs) (laughs) and right-handed people everywhere (laughs) i feel like we could go off on a whole other tangent about like brain development and uh language and artistic expression and uh i remember there was a episode of a show on netflix made by vox media um called "Mm, i've completely blanked on the name of this but they basically i think it's vox explains or Mm. explained ellipses and they did one on music um in particular, uh, which they basically explained that there are so many elements that go into music, rhythm, lyrics, melody, harmony, um, Mm -hmm. tempo, tempo and rhythm are two different things. And so the ability for the human brain to put all of those together into a single experience activates so many different parts of the brain Mm -hmm. on the left and the right side. So you're bridging this gap and and using your whole brain that other animals don't even have like birds can get tempo and rhythm but they don't get any other part of music um or you know other primates chimpanzees monkeys can get you know maybe one of those elements or or two of them but like rhythm and tempo are right out you know wow um and when you think about 
the idea that you know, like I still know the quadratic equation because uh, I had a teacher in eighth grade who put it to the tune of Frere Jaca. Okay. So I can still, I can still recall that, you know, thank you, Miss Fairley. Um, <laughs> because she, she assigned it to tempo and she assigned it to rhythm and she assigned it to a melody, um, you know, which are three different points of access that I now have to the quadratic equation. So if I ever lose one of those, I've still got two more avenues of access. Yes. Um, and now I'm even seeing it in my daughter. Like when she learns a song at school, she can come home and recite the whole song. You know, and so now she know there's a cute little song they do about, um, you know, when blue and yellow give each other a hug, they make green. Stop. That's so cute. <laughs> it really is. And the, she does the little song and she gives herself a hug and then she spins around and she's now I'm green. And it's really. Oh but now she has a sense of color theory <laughs> because of the song. Yeah, music, it just it does so much like like all of the studies with like alzheimer's and like how like music is like that one thing that like helps preserve memories like that is just so incredibly powerful and i hope that we find a way to like use that like i know there's music therapy but i hope that becomes more explored i remember one of the things that was one of the events that was the most um impactful in my experience doing chaplaincy work I was working with a hospice group and um, went to this woman who was actively passing away, but she had um, late stages of dementia. And so her whole family had gathered there, you know, to be with her, you know, in her last few hours. And they asked me to be there and help, you know, lead some songs that were some favorites of hers. Mm -hmm. And so we sang things like Amazing Grace and we sang yes. some other songs that she just instantly started singing along with, you know, like she became lucid. You know, it was like the, the focus in her eyes was present in the room again. Um, and as we were singing, she starts looking around and we stopped singing she was lucid long enough to call everyone by name and to call them by the right name. And everyone was just really moved because it was the first time in months that she had been able to recognize other people. Oh, wow. That's so powerful. And it was this moment of like, it, it felt like the, the highways in her brain were open again, you know, mm -hmm. for that brief moment to go at, like, I don't just remember the song. I remember other things, you know, like, maybe she had experiences with those songs with everyone in the room in other locations, you know, so she was able to come back for a minute. Um, and it was just a really powerful moment. You know, what a gift to, to witness that um, for this family. Yeah. It's so important for people who have like had like that prior exposure to sound, like it's different for deaf people, culturally deaf people, but people who grew up hearing or had an acquired hearing loss in a way there's literature to show that like the reduction of the stimulation to the auditory pathway could be a contributor to Alzheimer's so like as long as we are as long as those who grew up hearing keep that pathway stimulated we are we have the way to reduce some of the effects of Alzheimer's, which is why it's important to get your hearing test and important to like 
listen to like your doctor when they say that you may need hearing aids and that's why they need to be more affordable. <laughs> Agreed. It's not just, I mean, you're talking not just about a quality of life issue, but um, a, a relationship issue, uh, keeping whole communities kept together. And, and I think about how important that is too on the early end of human development to help facilitate that so that as they grow up and get toward, you know, later stages in life, that they have that point of access um, to the people around them. That's, man, this is so special. I, Lynette, I am so happy to meet you. And this has been <laughs> such an enjoyable conversation. Um, I don't want to keep you all day. So I thank you so much for joining me. And uh, good luck with the last few days of this leg of your education. And <laughs> good luck with your internship. And tell uh, Dr. Maya Sweeney that uh, Wilmisher says hello and that we are all grateful for her and her work with you. Yes, I sure will. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a great convo. And if you ever just want to chat, let me know. <laughs> Definitely. All right. Thank you so much, Lynette. Thank you. Bye. Bye. This has been the Wilmisher Music Podcast. If you like what you heard today, be sure to subscribe so you do not miss an episode. Check out wilmisher.com. That's W-I-L-M-E-S-H-E-R-R.com to sign up for the weekly newsletter to hear about new episodes. If you like what you heard and you want other people to enjoy it, be sure to tell your friends, tell your family, tell your enemies, anyone at all. Tell your pets if your pets happen to be podcast listeners. Maybe you're one of those folks who leaves on the speakers during the day while you're at work so that your animals don't feel lonely. Just be sure to share it. If you want to, leave a rating, leave a review. I will read it all personally, and I will delight in every single word. Good or bad, doesn't matter. Just the fact that you heard it makes me happy. Otherwise, we'll see you next time the Wilmisher Music Podcast.